When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can All figure right, their country out. Lost in this America, is episode Lost 100. in America. My name's Turner Sparks. My name is Captain America. You can find me at Turner B Sparks on Twitter. You can find Captain America at Captain America on Twitter and on Instagram. Yes. And we are Lost in America on Instagram, and you are Turner Sparks I on am, Instagram. And we got Randy Lee behind the glass. Hey, Randy Lee. On the podcast today, we have Playwright. Jeremy Carrick in Broadway playwright. Broadway playwright. Ooh la la. Last, he spoke to us before and he was not a Broadway playwright at the time. And then he came to us and look what happened to him. This is an example of the pod bump, Kaplan. Yeah. This is what happens. You come on our podcast, your dreams come true. Yeah. His- Jeremy Carrick's new play, Lifespan of a Fact, is on Broadway right now. It's starring, what's the Harry Potter kid? Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Starring Bobby Carnival. Bobby Carnival, who you will know. I didn't know the name, but then when I saw him, I'm like, hey, it's that guy. You've seen him in a lot of, like. Every movie yeah, ever. Pretty much. Right? <laughs> Every- it's an, uh, we both have seen this play. It's fantastic. It is really good. I might I might have missed the first few minutes because I'm notoriously late. Very Kaplan so, of you. But I but the, the last everything the, the first five minutes I can't review, but I'll say the rest of the play was fantastic. Hilarious. Ex- Everyone should go see it. Let's explain to the audience right now so we can jump right into it when Jeremy comes okay. in. What's going on? So the play is it's all it's 85 minutes. There's no intermission, which I love. We'll get into that. Yeah, but, but you, you got it's good to tell the audience that because don't drink too many of those Pepsi Colas beforehand. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And it's all based off of one article, a real article written in the early 2000s, I believe, right? And and it's three, it's an editor, it's a journalist, and it's an intern for 85 minutes breaking down this news story. Yeah, essentially a a writer writes an article about somebody who commits suicide. Yes. And he writes it in a very, like, really well-written article. It's a great piece. And the editor just gives it to some kid who's like a new fact checker over the intern. Yes. And this kid like immediately runs, finds, he becomes obsessed with all the errors he finds. Yeah. So or, the, and then just like them. It's, it, a, it, it's a very well-written article, but it's factually incorrect. He took some liberties in the art, in the pursuit of art as he would, you know. Yeah. But a lot of the facts that are incorrect aren't necessarily vital to the overall message of the thing. They're ancillary facts a well, lot of Well, that's a debate. What, that's what the, so that's, that's, the, that's what, it, the what whole, is important in, in this age of fake news. Really, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say this: I don't think I don't think I'd seen. I realized I hadn't seen an actual play in a very long time. I'd seen all these plays, these musicals, where he's like, mm. "Oh, it's the Lion King," but like, I don't know who cares. You, you know what? I, with my, my family comes, yeah. you take your niece and nephew. But like, it's you also you forget like, you can see a play because most things on Broadway, you think about Broadway in your mind, you think of musicals. Yeah, you think, you think of all these or you musicals. Think of, you know, Hamilton, and you and think they're not of, really like mentally uh, stimulating. The producers. But this, well, this, this one, uh, it's like it's current. It's awesome. It's awesome. So I'm yeah. excited to get. And it's gonna. Me. It's it, the run ends in January 13th, I believe. So people go see it. Yes, but before you see it, studio. Suit, suit, studio. They're back. Play the music. <laughs> studio.
headphones. Our good friends from Sweden, are, they sent us these headphones before. They're awesome headphones. I think we had, we had a bunch of listeners buy them last time. You guys need to get them again. They're, su- they're these high, super high-quality wireless headphones. They come to you straight from Sweden, so you know they're high quality. Dude, these are the these are Stefan Edberg's preferred headphone. Yes. Whenever he goes for, out to play tennis, he wants to listen to some music. They've sent us the Studio Vasa Bla. I think that's Swedish. B a s a b l a features cutting edge Bluetooth 4.1 technology. Oh, uh, None of this 4.0. I, the 4.0 is crap. No, we're at 4.1 now, baby. And they're multi <laughs> with multi pairing capabilities. I, I think mean, that means it compared to anything. I'm more than multi, more than one device. Yes. Cap. They they last for eight hours. That's, That's also good. That's a work day. Now you can take your dog for a really long walk. Yeah, you can go on an eight-hour. You can run a marathon. You, you can. Maybe I, two. I don't think I can run a marathon in eight hours, but people could. <laughs> people if, could. Especially if you're cheating. And uh... <laughs> and you can put it on standby for up to 10 days. 10 days. Look at that. How many I don't know what that means, but all right. Sounds great. Standby. You can put it, you know. Like, you don't like, have to charge it if you're not using it. Exactly. Yeah. And they have a, they have an offer. First of all, let's get, let's get to the offers that they have. So these are super. Check them out on our website. If you go to lostamericapod.com, there'll be a link. Click the link. Take it. To, they'll take you to check out their uh, the headphones. Okay, so if you put in, if you buy their headphones, and at the checkout you put in "Lost in America," L O S T I N America, it'll give you a fifteen percent off disc, fifteen percent discount on any purchase. Yeah. So not yeah. only are they a great price, but then you get a fifteen percent discount. That's as good amazing. as they are, fifteen percent off is better. Yes, that's what you're telling me. I'm telling you that. I'm gonna go buy and a pair. Guess what? Just... It doesn't in there. Okay. There's more. If you get them from now until the end of December. When you when you buy the headphones, you get a free gift box with every purchase. So it sounds like a great gift for the holidays for those of you who are celebrating Christmas. Because Hanukkah, you missed out too late. But yeah. if you want to get yourself get people a Christmas gift, this is it. Get the gift box. Yes, studio. They the are tree. revolutionizing the way people see headphones. Hopefully, hear them as well. Yeah. Oh, well, they say see them. That goes without saying. Yeah. That's what they say in Sweden. Exactly. It's not just a tech device. It's an accessory because they look good. They look good. You want to look good. They, they're fashionable. So that's If you're going to be pl- shooting hoops, you know, before the game, everyone's wearing those beats. No. Be different. Be different. Get studio. <laughs> and everyone who bought them last time loved them. I heard people wrote back to me. We had the old pairs. They were great. They're sending us these new pairs. So I'm excited. Cap. But also, one thing I want to get to, I was just in Detroit, Michigan. Yes, you were. The Farmington of- Hills, Michigan is the is a suburb. There's no farms or hills in Farmington Hills. But also, I was there with Drew Freilich doing shows. Uh, we also went over to to Windsor, Canada. I did my first ever oh, show in Hopped Canada. over the border, did you? Hopped over the border. It was 35 minutes, including going through customs from Drew's house. So they didn't give you a big show. They, they, it's easy to go over the border still. It's easy Canada. to go over the border, but we stopped at the wrong spot on the because you drive over, and you kind of forget when you're driving across the border and everyone, you, for, you you don't realize you're leaving your country because everyone, they still speak English. They still look like you. Maybe. They still say hi like you. And you almost- they still almost, say hi like you? Hey, what's going on? It's not like, hola, como estas? You right. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when you go to, I've driven in Tijuana, you understand what you're doing, right? Yeah. You're going to a oh. different country. Oh, yeah. Going to Canada, you don't, it, it's like you get too casual with it. And we almost got shot. That's what I want to tell you. <laughs> we were driving because it feels like going through a toll booth, basically. You stop. <laughs> Is it easy it, pass? You just fly through it? <laughs> pretty much. You forget what you're doing. So yeah. Drew and I are in this conversation. Drew drives up to the border. And uh, the guy. we get to the, the gate. And the guy's like, uh, hey, guys, how you doing? We're like, hey, pretty good. The Canada guy, you know? Yeah. Canadian, I think Canada they call him. Canada guy. Yeah, he goes, how you doing? We're like, good. He goes, uh, is this your first time coming into Canada? And we're like, uh, yeah, first time in a long time. He's like, yeah, I could tell. First time, long time. Uh, you didn't stop. He's like, you were supposed to. I could tell because you were supposed to stop 15 feet 
back from or meters or right. Oh, meters. Fifteen meters back, you were supposed Fighting to stop, words. and we're like, "Oh, sorry, man." And he goes, "Yeah, sorry, man. You're lucky we didn't have our guns out. You'd be dead right now." And he goes, "I'll tell you one thing. If you were on the other side of this border, they would have shot you by now." Yeah, well, that's, what he said to that's us. the point. Yeah. Well, we're, we're like, "Oh, sorry, bro." Yeah, that's the Amer- tell, that's the Trump tell Trump pal. His our border. He's basically complimenting our border guards. Exactly, we're doing a better job. Yeah, he's doing a better job. <laughs> that guy's failure. Tell Trudeau. Yes. So also, uh, we were on nine. I was on nine mile. My shows were on nine mile. That's one mile more intense than eight mile. Look at you. You're sneezing. I'm, di- I'm dying over You here. can't even handle the eight mile. <laughs> so there is a nine mile. There's an eight mile. There's a nine mile. Yeah, we were at nine. What does that mean? It's just the amount of miles away from Detroit. So we. I don't know. No. But the streets, they don't, they're not creative enough to come up with street names. So they just name them. There's one mile, two mile, three mile, four mile, all the way up to like 25 mile or something. Oh. So we had lunch one day. I went to eight mile. We had uh, Mexican food. Mexican on eight mile? Yeah. El, it was like El Loco, uh, I don't know, restaurant or something like that. Shout out to Shout them. Out to it El was Ro- fantastic. Loco restaurant or something. So that's all. Thank Shout you, out Drew. Shout out to Drew. Future guest, hopefully. Future podcast. He's got to come on when he comes to New York. He's going to be here in the spring, so he's going to be on. Um, Ints, I mean, Ints, we'll get to Ints later. Sorry. Amazon. Yeah. There's lots to promote. Amazon, it's Christmas time. It's the holidays. It's Kwanzaa. It's New Year's. After that, it's President's Day. Yeah. It's everything else. It's Arbor Day. You want it, if you're going to do shopping, you go to lostamericapod.com. Next to the studio banner, there will still be our, our um, Amazon banner. Click on that. It takes you back to Amazon. Do all your regular shopping. A percentage comes to us. It's fantastic. Everybody wins. Yeah, and people, they, they are promoting the Kwanzaa in the schools. You asked me that there, Dave. Good. You said you said like on a recent podcast. You said they still learn about Kwanzaa. Yeah. And because te- last week in school, Teddy, my son, had a Hanukkah poem, which was very nice. Sure. Where they had they, they and there's it was like, oh look at that, you're we're learning about Hanukkah. Like this week, a reading assignment. Yeah. But then this week, what did they do this week? Christmas. And he's all you know. So they had Christmas this week. Uh oh, was he upset? He was upset, and he said he, he hates he, Christmas. He said he, he wanted been yeah. <laughs> Teddy Kaplan is the war. He's the he's the general in the war on Christmas. He's general in the war on Christmas. And he he t- it was a uh, <laughs> pat- he said that he figured out the clues. It was Santa, and he colored it in, and he he ripped it up. Oh my god! And then, but anyway, so then he's like, and next week it's Kwanzaa. Uh oh! And you I was, better not let him hate Kwanzaa. <laughs> no, I'm not. But be very I, racist. But it made me feel like less good about the fact that they gave me a Hanukkah one because basically putting Hanukkah on equal bearings with Kwanzaa, which feels and Christmas and Christmas. It feels like they're well. It feels like they're pa- now. I feel they're like all three equal. Wait, but they're patronizing the Jews and the Kwanzans, is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> Christmas is all that's important, is what they're basically saying. Because they're saying, well, gave your Hanukkah early on, now we're, and then we're going to save Kwanzaa. I don't know. No, they're closing with Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa's the closer. Oh, Kwanzaa's the closer? I, I mean, yeah, uh, you, now you should be upset because uh, Hanukkah's the opener. Hanukkah's the opener. Opening act. Christmas is, you know, clean up hitter Kwanzaa. Next week on the pot, I'll have to bring in the Kwanzaa poem. Yes. Because I'm dying to know what that is going to be, actually. We should do Festivus after <laughs> Festivus, that. Festivus, yes. Yeah. All right, should we get to so, Lost in America? I play the music. Play the music. Kaplan, I'm lost in America this week. Yeah. Here's what I've noticed about Americans is uh, we love to give advice, like pretty much unsolicited. It's just like we run the world. We run the world. Everybody mansplains. Women mansplain. It's called American Splain. It's called American Splain. I think the term mansplain 
it's correct in its feeling and in, in its like in its observation, but it's not just men. It's everyone loves to do it. Women, uh, wives love to do it to husbands yeah. all the time. We all love to do it. It's human nature. It's human Ameri- It's American nature. It's really just called explaining or telling people. I don't know why is it a bad thing to tell somebody something if they don't know it. Why is well, that wrong? I think they think it's bad because they assume they it's already do know it. Oh, okay. But people love to give advice, right? Oh, what you need to do is this. You need to do this. That's why like self help is great because there's people love to like you. Here's how to get yourself back on your feet. Right, and that I find way more offensive to me. Way more giving advice because that's like not you're not telling me anything that's like useful as far as like, you're not teaching me something. You're interjecting in my life, and it's always whatever they are into at the current moment. Like, oh, you got to stop eating carbs. Like, you got to join. Uh, what's a fitness group or like you got to do Zumba or something. There's always like something new that they swear is going to change your life. So like the height of this, I noticed, I found, I saw the other day, right? This, I saw a lady on the street, this white lady giving advice white, white women. to a homeless guy. Oh, that was nice. And her advice, I was just walking by, so I just heard a second of it, but her advice is just, she goes, just be yourself, <laughs> which is the most ridiculous advice I've ever heard in my life. Like, be yourself to a homeless person. First of all, haven't they like where, when? Is there a problem that they're they're too much not themselves and that they're uh, right. too self conscious? <laughs> <laughs> I've been so I just haven't let go. I haven't done my dream yet. That they're at that, that at their at their spin class, all right. the other people are judging them. Right. And my then dream that's is why to they... be really successful, but I I wanted to be this phony. I've been a phony homeless guy this whole time. Yeah, they they ended up down and out on the streets because they weren't being themselves. <laughs> Wait, let me ask you: Was she stopping to talk to him, or like while she's passing by? No, stopping to like they were in a conversation. Did she give him money at least or food? She must or... have just given him something because they were in kind of a conversation, but in a real like he was sitting down and she was standing, so she's already in like the dominant. Oh. talking position and she was talking literally and figuratively down to him right okay she's looking yeah. down so he was kind of sitting there listening and she's talking and i just hear her say just be yourself right and he's a homeless guy so he literally if he wants to prove he's homeless he can't go in it you can't he can't walk away like he they, can't walk away he's got a i, I don't know he's got, i, don't, he's I a, think there's a probably a list of other issues before just be yourself maybe uh here's uh here's a job a job application. Right. Maybe here yeah, here's some food. Here's a shower. Clean up a shave. Yeah. Like I saw a guy the other day see a homeless guy and he, or he wasn't a homeless guy, but he was someone who was who was begging and he said, Let me see your ID, I can get you a job. And yes. Then, and the guy ran away and the guy's like, see, he doesn't want work. Is, but at least he was trying to do something. He wasn't giving you advice. He was saying, I can help you. Is there is there anyone here's my question? Is there anyone in the history of humanity who everything in their life was going correct? They were a Fortune 500 company or whatever it is, even if it's a minimum wage job. Life's fine. And then you stop being yourself, and two weeks later, you're on the street homeless. That's what happened to me. I ended up here. Is that how you ended up on the Lost in America podcast? <laughs> yeah, it's really dumb advice. It's so generic. Like, if you're going to take the time to, to sit down and t- I mean, I, I applaud anybody who, who stops and helps homeless people. Yes. If you're going to take time to try of to help. Of course. Not that there's anything wrong with yeah, that. If you're going to really try to help them, like give them practical advice. Like you, but here's what I would say. You know what? You do you. You that's do what you. I would, that would be my advice. You do you. Like maybe that's what. There's a homeless guy I've mentioned on the podcast before, Roger in Long Island City. Shut up. He's himself. He does handstand pushups every day. Oh. He's got. It. He 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 calls it his home. He'll be like. He makes jokes. Like you walk by, be like, like my new place because he had to move down the street. <laughs> like, so maybe this lady was telling the guy just embrace the homelessness. Maybe that's maybe he got that advice. Yeah. Maybe or he ma- wasn't being himself as a homeless guy. And maybe this, because this, this, this story happened a little bit ago, right? When yeah, 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 a few weeks, uh, yeah. a couple months ago. Because we were just talking to uh, producer Celeste off air. Sure. And she was saying how she tried to feed a homeless guy food the other day, and the homeless guy rejected her food. 
So maybe this is the homeless guy who got this advice. Be yourself, and he was emboldened to be like, "I don't, I don't want your, food. I don't want your food. I don't like that." Food. But she had a good point. People always complain about homeless people not taking their food, but producer Celeste has a good point that food might be the eat. You might be able to get food at shelters, but you can't get money. You can't get clothes. You can't. Like you know, what you can't get at shelters. What advice? Advice. How to, to live be yourself. Kaplan, so, let's keep moving. So let's live the way homeless people should live. Let's be ourselves today. Be yourself. The rest of this podcast. <laughs> we got some hate mail, Kaplan. Oh, boy. Speaking of ourselves. Play the music? Play the hate music. Don't hate me. Great music. Love the hate mail music. This music, I mean, this hate mail. Now, do you remember the Suzanne Lee Shepard episode a I few mean, weeks ago? I it wasn't ago? that long ago. I hope I remember it. <laughs> she used to live in Singapore. She talked yeah. to us about that. But also, she got on some jag about, we talked about Houston, and she was talking about how terrible of a town Houston is. Right. And we wondered, do we have any listeners in Houston? Well, it turns out we do. Oh, good. And of they're course not, we do. They're not very happy. I didn't wonder. I know we have listeners in every major American city. Ty Reason over. Mm-hmm. Wrote us in uh, from Houston. He said, this chick Suzanne's shitting on Houston? Question mark. L-O-L-Z. Isn't she from Kansas? Police. Wow. Great point, Tyrese. Great point. Although I got to defend Susanna because I remember things pretty well because it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And I really shot on Houston first and she was following the joke. Oh, was it you? It was, I shot on Houston. Look at and you. And she then, sh- she, she, she went to the, you know, I made a joke about rather be unemployed living in Houston. Yes. And then she like piggybacked on that. And, and so I like made her feel like it was a safe space Look to rip Houston. And people so, blame the woman. So they don't blame the woman. Blame me. I can take it. You're the Justin Timberlake in this Nipplegate uh, <laughs> okay. scenario. I apologize to our... I know I want to host, host the Oscars one day, and yes. I don't want this to be used against me. Sure. So I'm getting out in front of this. Ty Reason Please over. Please go and delete that part of the podcast. <laughs> I don't want to offend the people of Houston. I, I apologize. It's not who I, wa- I am anymore. That's who I was then. Okay. Okay? Just, Even if we delete it, they'll look. They'll find it. Ugh, it's been time-stamped. People they'll, have saved, It's been time-stamped. Oh, I'm fucked. That's it. One of my dreams off the bucket list. It's is an app, people. You can get in the app store. It's the five-minute audio recordings, uh, voice messages. You can play an album. You can play, but if it's your personal. If you want to make your homophobic statements that you don't want to be saying in air on Twitter, do it there. Do it now and ends before it blows up. And Creativity, <laughs> and then you it won't it won't keep you from hosting the Oscars. Is what I'm trying to say. Yes, that's 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 Ince's mention. Ince, that's it. They <laughs> love E-N-S-E. it. I'm sure they're happy with that plug. <laughs> get it in the app store. Get it on Android. Get it anywhere you get your app. That's it. iPhones. iPhones. I think I said the App Store. I don't know. Jeremy Carrigan, he's roaming the halls. He's roaming the halls. He just had some surgery, so Hollywood he's, uh, he's ready to burge into here now. He's big a- timer, Broadway musical writer, <laughs> rich newest rich person we know. Libertarian Jeremy Carrigan, come on in. <laughs> I'm right here. Okay, here we go. Good. If, if I go like that, that's what that means. <laughs> Lift and separate. <laughs> we're back with our all right. We're back with our guest, Jeremy Carrick and Jeremy. Welcome back to Hi, the show. Hi. Good to be here. 
Look how different this man looks different than he's last time we saw him. He's wearing a sport coat. I'm wearing a sport coat. Is that the only difference? You're that's Hollywood. The only difference. Gone Hollywood. That's right. Gone very Broadway. Broadway. Gone Broadway. Gone exactly. Broadway. Fresh out. Last fresh time you were on, you were a uh, you were working on play. I don't think this was on the horizon. Or if it was, you didn't tell us about it. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to talk about it yet. Oh, it was secret. Uh, so he kept his word. Yeah. He, he we, knew this pod. It has a huge listenership, and it would have. We call that the pod bump. The pod, oh, you the come pod on this podcast, things happen for you. That's yeah. right. Now, now I'm a hit. This you is get great. You a Broadway play with a big-time movie star. Well, th- thank you, Lost in America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. The play's fantastic. Uh, we were saying just off-air, cap seen it. I've seen it. Um, it's What have you seen? What's the name of that? Lifespan of a Fact. Oh, yes, Lifespan it is. Lifespan of a Fact. You got to work the name in. Yes. Gotta we work were talking gotta... about it just two minutes ago before you came on. Oh, God. We told it. Right. the whole audience everything about it. We set it up so oh. that we didn't have to rehash it. Although I have to re listen to be time. sure that we used the, said the name. We're professionals <laughs> over here, Jeremy. Ryan. <laughs> I, I've I've gotten stern lectures from uh, the PR people saying, you didn't make them say the name. Why didn't you make them say the name? I was like, that's why we're on. I figured that's why. No, well, while well. we're here, how do people yeah. get, so, before, so we don't forget, how do, if people want to get tickets, there's still a few weeks left. How do yes, we do it? Yes, there's five weeks left as of the as of taping. Can we, do we still call it taping? We still, yeah, pod, this comes out tomorrow. As of so. pod recording. Podcast, as, what do we call this? Actually, this comes out in hours from now. Oh, yeah. as of the time of digitizing. Live. So, right. So, so <laughs> it's Presco Live. So, okay, you, you go to uh, lifespanofeffect.com. Spelled like it sounds, lifespanofafact.com. And uh, you can still buy tickets. There's still a couple left. We only have five weeks left, but uh, and there's not that many left, which so, is surprising. So that's how we like it. You're going to have to well, get them on the secondary and, market. And we'll put a link out on the, on our website because our audience can't really spell, so that lifespan effect. <laughs> oh, that's a good them. idea. And Cap and I will sell, uh, we'll scalp tickets. We'll bark. Yeah. <laughs> we'll <laughs> We're going to buy them all up tonight, and then we'll resell them to you guys oh. for double. Nice. Right. We got to make money on this pod somehow, Kevin. That's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be like, if you want to go see this great play, hit me on Twitter. Yes. Finally, you found a way to monetize podcasting. Exactly. <laughs> so how did this idea, because on the surface, this is uh, 85 minutes, no intermission, which I said is, is fantastic when you watch it, but it's 85 minutes, no intermission, three people breaking down a news story. Wait, how does that? How do you see that actual thing in your mind and be like, "That's going to be a broad." That's play. a play. Yeah. That's a. It's a. We. I see a play about about fact checking and suicide. <laughs> I mean, it's not. That's going to be a thrillsville. <laughs> how do you have a, pl- a Broadway play that hasn't already been a Disney movie? That uh, that's I don't step, yes. <laughs> this is going to come out in Pixar uh, next year, by the way. <laughs> Animated <That's>, version. <laughs> disclaimer: Not Seagulls. really on Pixar. Uh, so the. Um, we, this originally came to me by, by, by co-writer David Morell, who has been my co, uh, co-writer in a lot of different projects. Uh, we work together, we work apart, but he came to me and he said, hey, there's this book called Lifespan of a Fact that just came out, which I haven't read, but here's a book review. Why don't you read this book review? Book review. And we read the book review, and it was not a good book review. It was a very negative book review. Oh. But it was. You saw the. But it had such a fever pitch about it. You'll notice that a couple of the people who've written about this play have gotten a little hot under the collar about it, and you know some people have gone to say that it's made them angry. Which to which I say, good, that's fine. Uh, But um, this this reviewer was angry at the book, at playing with the truth the way it, the way we do. Uh, the book is called Lifespan of a Fact by John Degata and Jim Fingal, the Who's- name of the two people who are 
Right. And I didn't realize the that. Well, two people the play. are depicted in the play. In the play. I went in cold. I didn't realize this until afterwards. Can I ask? <laughs> what? It's good because yeah. it's actually fictional. It's not. These are not those people. But go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I ask what upset what upset this reviewer about the book? I thought it was the intermission. No intermission really <laughs> no, bothered no. me. Had a pee. About the book. <laughs> well, a lot of times, frequently, you know, when people write reviews of this book, they're coming at it from the perspective of a journalist. And if you're coming at it from the perspective of a journalist, it's not an argument at all. There's no such thing as creative nonfiction. Uh, this is it is bad that you play with the facts. I see. And people shouldn't play with facts. So you're saying that a journalist should. Every single detail needs to be correct. If there's 31 strip clubs versus 18 strip clubs in Las Vegas, exactly, you need to get the number right. You got to get the number right. There's just no, there's no, there's no excuse. And in the play, you debate that is that correct or not. The correct. book, you know, the book and the article in question are pieces of creative nonfiction, is what they're called, and that is has different. It's uh, like different the, uh, standards. It's like what was the memoir, James Frey memoir. The right, Jay, like, like James Fry. <laughs> However, they sold it. At, that's a marketing problem. Right. They sold it as nonfiction. Right, yeah. that's the thing. Because people like, well, that's the part of it is the audience. Because people, a lot of people prefer a true story. Like they want to read something that's a true story. It's, it's the market. So Boring. Then, yeah, but no, but they want it to be creative too. But yes. you know, like so it's they want of, it to be interesting. It to be just because they have you doesn't make it interesting. Like a movie that's based on a true story. You know, like so that's where it gets. I don't know why that's so important for anybody. Mm. And I, but it, but it is. And it matters. So the, we looked at this, you know, and there were other people. We looked at other reviews of the book, and they also kind of got angry about it. Then we read the book and thought it was hysterical because they had kind of inflated um, their own characters considerably. They made John Degata the character, who is not like John Degata the writer, kind of this swaggering, angry, Norman Mailer-type uh, and that's for the for our audience listening. That's the journalist who plays with the facts to get to the right, meaning of the story. Right. Yeah. Or the essayist. He calls the himself essayist. an essayist. And Jim Fingal is made into this kind of this weaselly uh, and obsessive nerd uh, and to to which we we took both of those characters and con- added added fabulism on top of fabulism. We even fictionalized it even more. And, so, and in the book, correct me, I believe there's, there's no editor. Right in the book, there isn't. There's is an it? editor who for who's in there for like half an email exchange, okay. and there's one line that she speaks, and the real editor's name at the Believer was named Heidi Julevitz, but we made up this editor. Sorry, Heidi, I'm just we made this one up. Uh, right. I guess the one line she has in the book wasn't really her line. So, but well, that's why I found I found that to be like, what was the re- the rationale? Was you need another character basically, or you just needed something to play off them? Because I thought she was a great character. We, we wanted to structure it almost in, in, in the sense of it's almost like a courtroom drama, and you need to have a judge. She was like, yeah, because she she was kind of going both ways. I she was in tell. the middle. Yeah, and <laughs> she's also the audience too, because yeah. the we, but she is. You need a, to triangulate any kind of position in a play. You kind of need three points of view. Yeah, uh, you can't or any any piece of writing. You need. Uh, That's what I'm missing. And can I? <laughs> so when you when this story came to you, was this what year was was this after Trump got elected? This was, was before Trump got elected. Was Trump already going on, or was nope. he not a thing yet? He was not a thing yet. This came to us about six years ago. Well, he's always been a thing. Because well, he's been a thing, but he's <laughs> not as a presidential candidate. So then, because he hasn't I, been this tumor on our yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on our corpus. When you watch this play, at least what I got out of it, there's like this unspoken thing that has that 
this idea of playing with facts right. really and relates to what's going on right now. In a way, we were very lucky. And, that's what was my question. And okay. in a way, we're incredibly unlucky. But, you know, in that we are <laughs> stuck with Trump in order to get the, get the play done. But... Yes, yeah, the, the the play takes on some more some different overtones, but we think of um you know, we think that these issues were important before Trump and they'll be important after Trump. Fake it's to just lie about something and call it fake news or to call it news and have it be fake, that's the easy part. We make changes in the stories of things just by perceiving them or just by ordering them in a way uh in like in a documentary or in a podcast, for instance, we're hundred percent. No, we are here. not. We don't. Nothing. We, everything's nothing's correct. fake here. Well, even <laughs> even <laughs> say Bush was really on. <laughs> even say serial, which yes. you know yes. is a nonfiction journalistic pro- pro- yeah. podcast. And Sarah, uh, Sarah, if you're listening, uh, hello. Uh, she's going to see the play tonight. Uh, but she would also say that by <laughs> Sarah? Sarah Koenig, oh! she, the host of Serial. I was, oh, oh, she's going to see it. Hey, shout out. She's, wow. Shout out to, uh, you know, Big Pod. Big as, Pod, yeah. Oh, yeah, we to, don't like Big Pod over here. She, <laughs> she wants to come on. If she needs to promote her pod, she can come on here. She absolutely would. Yeah. If I if I said the word, she would. You got us Gary Johnson, so you can do, you. Yeah. I trust everything you and said. And by the way, not on. to go off topic, but we were, we did, I don't know if you're aware that we got Gary Johnson. The day he did the interview, he was at 8%. And what did he finish at? 16%. There you go. Boom. Within a week. Hot effect. He doubled his polling. <laughs> so, um, okay. So then this so this is all sort of coincidence that Trump came about. Yeah, but it's the, you know, but also the, we've we've been seeing this as a problem for some time that, you know, that people are starting to lose faith with narratives that they're given. And truth is as strong as it ever was, and fact is as strong as it ever was, but we're, we've got more of it. And it's too much of it. In some ways, it is. If we get so much information, everything's worthless. So um, we thought this was going to be a problem, and it was a problem. Uh, fortunately, just in time for production. Yes. I mean, there are so many of those things in our society that have been a problem for a long time, and that the cartoon of Trump heightened it all. It just made it worse. Right? Exactly. Or just like let everyone It's never see been it. like this before. Actually, it has. Yes. And yeah. the fact that you didn't notice it is why he's here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but it's also like you say, you're just too much information. Like I was thinking about watching about how now there's so much content. There's so many articles. It's nonsense. It's endless. I have so many things open on my phone that I've never read and never read. Content the is. Idea that, that's why I love this idea that like there's like some editor, some fact checker, pouring, have taking the time to pour over all these details. Like it takes you back to a time that I wish still existed. Almost like yeah, just like, well, <laughs> it exists. I, there's I so many errors in that thing. Wait, 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 wait. Kevin, <laughs> let me stop you. That uh, the 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 article that was just written about me that by Ben Fox Rubin, who's a fr- uh, oh, yeah. previous podcast guest for New York Magazine. He spent three months on it. Oh, and I'm not saying that. like every day, but he kept calling me. Fact he would checking. send it to his editor. His editor would come back to me, and I, in the middle of it, I saw your play, and then he was he was checking these little facts that had nothing to do with anything. How many trucks there were in China? It yeah. was like this. No, it was like when you got that um that that permit from the local government was that on a Wednesday or a Thursday, and I would have to go back wow. and look it up. And I'm like, this doesn't have to do with anything. anything. It, does. It, it does. But he was like, it does. And the editor of the New York, New York Magazine, sorry, New York Magazine, not New Yorker, wants to know. And then I saw your play, and it was just hilarious. Like, literally the next day, we spent an hour on the phone going through all these tiny little facts. And I was like, I Did you ever have a teenager jump off of a truck? No. <laughs> Did not happen. No. <laughs> and, uh, Dan Radcliffe went into the New Yorker to uh, 
basically intern as a fact checker for a day That's amazing. to prep for the show. And there's a, there's a good online article about it. Uh, and it was, he was really good at it. Yeah. He was Another terrific. Job. He got one mistake and that was that he didn't check, um, the, the plural of one, he should have circled the plural of a word that, you know, said restaurant and uh, said restaurant and he should have circled the S to make sure that there was more than one. Wow. And it was at the end of this entire review. Wow. Uh, and he apparently did a great job. Great actor, great fact checker. Amazing. I could do it all. The guy is quite brilliant. I've yeah. got to say he is, um, he is dogged and, uh, just, and, and brilliant in a lot of the ways that Jim Fingal is is in the in the play he's dan's kind of like that but maybe that's because it's the actor rubbing off on him but he is he's just he's fun to be around he's an interesting and he guy do an american accent so i was gonna say and he sounds american <laughs> that's what i'm <laughs> that's what Kevin and i are most impressed with it was he really did sound american yeah, and he, he sounded generically american you know you knew he was from you knew he was like not from a region you knew he was probably like upper middle class, but you weren't sure entirely where. So you just kind of let all that go. It was it was a good. The dialect coach did a great job. Whoever she is, it, or he. And so it's great. And so back to you and to finding me. out about, about when did you find out this was going to be a Broadway play, and what uh, was that like? Okay, so this happened about about. Six years ago, when we first got this book and we got the, uh, we, we, we took the book, uh, David and I took the book to a producer I'd known, Norman Twain, and I'd worked with him a few times. We'd done a few spec scripts for him. He'd read David and our uh, screenplay about haunted breast implants. So he knew that we were odd, but he was still willing <laughs> to meet with us. So he, we, we went to go meet with the guy and we, you know, David thought it should be a movie. I thought it should be a play, but I was thinking off Broadway, off off Broadway because selling yourself short. We well, we weren't we're nobody. <laughs> we were literally nobody. And but you he, had done plays up until this point. I'd done plays, but I'd done you know in other countries and regional theaters as readings and a couple off off Broadway things here. Rochelle, Little Rochelle. things here and there. What Rochelle Rochelle? No Rochelle no. Rochelle. <laughs> that kind of that kind of show. Uh, but the the producer said, you're both crazy. This is a Broadway play. And we immediately said, yes, we agree. <laughs> <laughs> and he bought the rights to the book for us to do, commissioned us to write the draft, and it took us a couple of years to write the draft. Uh, and we got most of the way there to a really good piece. And we weren't all the way there. Uh, the producer couldn't see the end. Uh, uh, the way we had presented it, uh, we end up in what you see on Broadway with roughly a similar ending to what we'd considered back then. But um, it's been through a lot of changes since that. So there was another writer who was brought on who made a very important change that allowed us or allowed that producer to uh, think it was ready. And then they sent it to Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, well, no, then it's not so simple. The producer died two years ago. And we thought that was the end of the project. Um, he's uh, uh, he'd helped us. You know, we'd worked on it in his office. We'd worked on it in our in our homes and whatever. We'd been to his house, uh, his apartment, and uh, Deanna, his wife and uh, producing partner, had had us over for dinner. It was great, but he died. We didn't know he was sick, and he he was. And we thought that was the end of the project. And then Jeffrey Richards, the producer 
said uh, he would do uh, Deanna Twain this favor of continuing to help the project. And he sent it around. And it got to Daniel Radcliffe, who loved it. So... Yeah, wow. and then you went back to the original ending. After all that, they went. Or it was. It it's you know what we we've changed. David and I were there throughout rehearsal, so we were making a lot of changes throughout, and we had to kind of massage it, and we had to make sure that the the the, the actors were on board with it. It's not yeah. you got to be there, and so, we were. So when someone decides, so the producer was is the person who decides it's going to be on Broadway. Or how does how does that even happen? Who decides? Yeah. The person how does that get on Broadway? who gets the theater. What happens? Yeah. There's a relatively few number of producers who can lead produce a Broadway play, and that's the Broadway Theater League. I think they're called. I was something wondering like about that. this. Yeah, relatively small amount of people who can do this. Uh, however, no one can do it without, you know, a couple million partners behind you. Uh, you know. For money, money. You okay. need you need you, need, you money. need millions of dollars to get a play to get a play to open on Broadway now. So you need it to be to bribe people. What do you? Mean? You need a bankable project. You need the kind of actor who hey, will bring. Oh, gotta pay the actors. I forgot about that. Yeah, they don't. They don't, don't, don't work, don't work, work for, for free. I thought he was an intern. You said. <laughs> and you'll note <laughs> that it happens to be in the center of Manhattan, which is not rent? the cheapest. Right. You know, right, exactly. Real you have to estate. rent the theater. You have to do everything. We're right? taking notes because we have a, we're in an early draft of Lost in America <laughs> Broadway play. The musical. The musical, yes. <laughs> so we need a third person. That's it. We have you and me, but we need someone else. Who plays says. producer Randy Lee? Albert oh. Brooks is going to sue Albert. the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. How, so, who? So, well, back to that group, that league of people who can do Broadway okay. plays. So, it, the fact that the League of Broadway Producers, League of Broadway. I think that's what they're called. What's what the name is? And they're literally League. sanctioned. It's a small group of people. It's like a public no. Those bureau. are the number of people who have the right. <laughs> they meet in secret. <laughs> they meet in secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Illuminati. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> no, it's the. Uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of uh, money and experience and talent and know how to get a play on Broadway, and you have to also have the uh, ear of of the people who own the theaters. So if they don't want to rent it to you, they don't have to rent it to you. So it's ultimately up to the person who owns the theater. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for step one. I suppose, yes. And a lot of those people who own the theater are part of the Broadway League. God. How do you, because I always wonder, how does each play end up in the specific theater? It's because they've negotiated with... Yeah, the, 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 the same way any any piece of real estate is rented. Right. Is it free? Is it right for our purposes? Um does someone else want it during the time? The same way. Mm. So, so, for example, it might be the producer finds the person who owns a the theater, and then the producer also finds you, the playwright. Right, and then they also find the producers got doing a lot. The producers doing a lot. They got to find the actors. They got to find the, the designers. That's your job, Cap. I'm not <laughs> doing that. It's more fun. A <laughs> movie producer or something. You just I don't know. Well, yeah, movie producer. There's no the directors doing everything. The lead producers of a Broadway show are the ones who are actually kind of really doing the work. And then there's a bunch of producers who are investors. Yeah. That's so. the kind of producers you want to be. And then what about the theater? Cause an added, uh, like cool factor of your play is that it's at studio 54, Since, which has, n I've never been cool enough to get into before. <laughs> so this was it. I didn't know it still existed as a theater until we, I mean, I got, the it tickets. started as a theater. It was an opera theater, I think to begin with, but I think opera and the, they old left that part out of the like movie. Oh, yeah. opera. <laughs> it became a disco after it was a disused theater. I think after it it, be, it was a television soundstage for a while for CBS. After Oddly enough, called Studio 53, 52, uh, even though it, it's on two streets, 53rd and 54th. But it was like the 52nd yeah. soundstage to open up, so it was called Studio 52. 
You could find drugs in the seat if you look close enough. Like, <laughs> dig around. <laughs> you need drugs to get the address right. Yeah. Think, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we, um, yeah, it was, it's cool. So you got there. Dana Radcliffe. That was that jumpstart the project. That's then, everything. I mean, once you have point. a star like yeah. that, the the play will happen. It's yeah. also See, kind of amazing <laughs> I that don't know anything about Harry Potter. That Harry Potter, the play, is playing down the street. It's not so amazing. The producers were brilliant because, you know, everybody who were worried about ticket sales, now everybody who's coming to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, they'll be like, hey, we can actually see Harry Potter while we're here. The real guy. The real guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, the real guy. The I real, mean, the actor. Wait, the, whatever. He's real. It's real. He's, wizard. he's real to me. What's Quidditch really like? What? Uh, so I've actually never seen Harry Potter. So when you have a play like that, that where it's so reliant on there's three actors. Yes. Do you just never? Do you have an understudy? Like, what happens? Oh if, yeah. Like, do you? Or just... We have two understudies. Uh, one for both the male roles oh, and really? one for the uh, the female role. That guy. That's a utility actor. Ooh. I've never heard of one. How do you play uh, understudy for two different roles and they're completely opposites? They're very different roles. However, yeah. he just a. Uh... Steve, Steve Jones is uh, is shout out. Uh, he's he's great from the uh, Clash. Well, actually, no. His 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 <laughs> stage name. If I'm going to shout him out, his stage name is is, is Maurice Jones. Oh, as, Maurice. That's as in people call. Yeah, as in yeah. people. Some they call, call him Steve. No, they no. call no. Maurice is his stage name. Oh, okay, but I'll tell you, he's one of like the five actors that could fulfill both bubbles in the Venn diagram. Wow. It's a guy just who looks weird. a little bit like Bobby Carnival. Yeah, that's so drastically <laughs> Potter. Both of our, both of our, both of the understudies are African-American. Uh, one is, uh, is of Trinidad, uh, Trinidadian descent. The other is uh, just American, African-American. And, uh, but we don't have a type for, we don't have like an ethnic type for these roles. Right. They're basically fictional to us. So that would have been fine. And this, have you had to, have they, and have they done any performances yet, or have the guys have been healthy? And, uh... <laughs> These, yeah, it's a short but, run, so yeah, I, I hope that a, they get a chance to right. do it, but I don't know if they it's will. It's a crazy life being interstate. You never know. You got to <sighs> yeah. be ready at all times. In the bullpen, been on the bench. I ready. wouldn't wish it on my enemies. <laughs> and how how much lead up do they have? Could they find out like ten minutes before? Yeah, they can find out ten minutes before. Yeah, they got to be traffic. Got to get get loose. Traffic. <laughs> well, imagine <laughs> being like you know, you know, it, you're fifteen minutes into Act One. Guy falls, breaks his leg. What do oh, you yeah. do? Really? What do you do? Do you call the rest of the show, yeah, or do you, you get out there? Got to get out there. So, all right, you're black now. <laughs> I think. One... <laughs> do you have a joke ready to explain that if it happens? Like, a... hi. <laughs> I, I assume it'll just be an announcement. Right. Uh, you got that, stuck you know... in a tanning booth. <laughs> but then, and then if the other character breaks his leg. Then he's got to talk we're to himself. Screwed. He's just having a. If they're both sick, we're just screwed. It's not going to happen. Uh, uh, I have questions about the run of the show. Yes. So how how long? It's total going to be uh, sixteen weeks, including the four week previews. So there's only weeks. five weeks left. So that's like four four months. Turner doesn't know how many weeks are. I'm not good at math. How many? You still on the Chinese calendar? Let me put it in terms of the Napoleonic calendar. Fear the dog. Right. It's great. What year will it be in when the play runs to? All right. So did you know that going in? Yeah, I mean these are three incredibly busy actors, so they all have other projects. The theater is booked afterwards. It's it's a limited run. Maurice Jones has things to do. But my question is, if it if all because. 
because this trip play's been basically packed the entire 16 weeks. Yep. But what happens if two weeks in, there's like, no one cares about Harry Potter. There's like 12 people there. We'd have to cancel the show. We'd have so to that work. does happen. Yeah, that happens. We, okay. we did. We had a lot of pre-sales in this, so it was never really a danger. And we're on track, as far as I know, we may have already, I don't keep track of this, uh, we're on track to make a profit, which is awesome. bizarre for a straight play on Broadway. Although this year, there have been a few. We've been doing pretty well. So most of the things that make money are musicals. Yeah, most of the things that make money are musicals, and even they don't make money. Musicals based on movies, really. Based on something that everyone already knows, (laughs) right? right? Usually. That's what I was saying to Kaplan before he came in, is that it was, I think this is the first time in a long time, I almost forgot that a Broadway play didn't have to be some big musical of something I already knew. Like when I went to see Last Man of Fact, it was refreshing to be like, oh, this is something new. Well, and not only that, it's never been performed elsewhere yeah we did not do out of town tryouts we didn't do a regional run we didn't do uh uh we didn't do workshops uh you know it was i think we had a total of three readings and uh one of them was with daniel yeah because they often do i know they'll do like a a run in new jersey somewhere or somewhere some sort of developmental workshop work on how the play is before they bring it to that yeah which is a tremendous vote of confidence on uh, you know, from the producers, but it's also scary as hell. Yeah. Like, we know we like it, but we don't know that yeah, the audience we'll is going to like it. Yeah. But you come out of it feeling it's so, it feels very current. That's why I'm surprised that you guys did it six years ago. You knew you were going to do it because it just feels like, as opposed to, you know, you see cats or something and you're like, you're <laughs> seeing it because like your parents want to go and they're in town. And I fell asleep when cats. I saw cats. I did too. I, I woke well, up with a cat like on top. I was like, I had a good seat. <laughs> was like, cat, like, ah, right Tom Tucker! <laughs> Jesus! Get out! <laughs> you're seeing this like something from the 80s. You feel right. like the music's old. Everything's right. old about it. And well, then yours, it's like, they're talking like emails involved. All these things that you're like, well, this can't email. be that old. You right. know what I mean? That's right. We mentioned, we even mentioned Reddit and- uh, That's why he's better than Hamilton. Yeah. There's better than no email on Hamilton. Ah, uh, yeah, feels... Hamilton feels very dated. <laughs> it's very dated. <laughs> What's this quell there? Do some more time in Jersey. Working. <laughs> did you have? Did Pence show up at yours? <laughs> did you have to stop the plane of the actors? Uh, please, <laughs> we didn't have to. No. Although, if supposedly we've invited Trump, and I, <laughs> I, I couldn't be... care less if he shows up or not. I mean, eighty-five minutes a little too long for him to go. Yeah, I can't. I. Oh, he doesn't have that attention. Span. He doesn't have the attention span of. Uh, you do like a turbo version. And they make you turn your phones off. So uh, that's yeah. right. If you can't, can't tweet, tweet. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. I hate these people. <laughs> that would be sad. 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 Right. I. You know. It's. It's. It's been. It's been fun. It and it has been uh, easy. Surprisingly, and the director and the producers took us aside the first day and goes, "It's. You know. It's never this easy." And uh, well, you know, having thirty years of nothing going anywhere, I rec- I recognize that. But. <laughs> Is your job done when it starts? Yeah, really. So do you go? How often do you go to the play, or do you you just like open uh, night? And- you know, I've seen it enough, but yeah. so I don't need to see the whole thing. You like to check in and walk around and just hit the laughs, get a cocktail, sit little- in the back. Yeah, I wrote that. I noticed out. one of your conjunctions was off, Cannavale. <laughs> so no, it's um. There, there's a time when you can kind of tell from the actors that playwrights really aren't welcome anymore. That we don't need to be there. Oh, really? And not, not welcome. Not welcome. They, not welcome. Sometimes, yeah, because they don't want to be judged. You know, they they're still trying to find stuff. How do they know you're there? 
Oh, they, they know. They don't, oh, they, know. they don't miss they him. They know. <laughs> I mean, they know. I am in the back of the house. You're like, because I'm drunk and screaming at them. I'm like, you said it wrong. Yeah, fuck up. I fucked up my line. Wrong. And Jerry jumps out. Jeremy, I heard, I could tell when you're in the house. And I'm like, what? I didn't even laugh this time. He goes, I know. I heard you not laughing. And I'm like, oh, shit. So, yeah. And, no, they they were every each of them were great, and they were all great together and fun <laughs> and pleasant. But there's a time when actors kind of have to play, and they look on playwrights as this. There could be a judgment. Zone. Got it. So one suggestion I have for you, because Ron. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a minute! Let me get my notebook out. Your notes out. No, 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 this, is, this is big. This is this okay. is a big crucial. note. Uh, to your continued success, Ron Chernow lives in my neighborhood. Oh, and you, I, I have the. First, I'm here to break news. I think that, I think Hamilton's sun has set, because I saw him the other day walking around my neighborhood wearing a Hamilton T-shirt. Uh oh, it's just the sharks jumped. I think he wants to be recognized. He doesn't oh, get wow. as much recognition. How do you even know that's him? How would you recognize him? He lived next door to me in my old apartment. Now, oh. and the, all the neighbors when I moved in, they're like, "Oh, I wouldn't have recognized him." But they're like, "That's him." But now he's doing the White House Correspondents Dinner. Or I guess he's maybe he's, he's back. huge. This was about a month ago. He's wearing his own T-shirt. So like whenever he, does you he have feel... to get a does he have to get like a routine for that? Yeah. Or is yeah, right? he? You got to write some jokes. The White House Dinner. Yeah, because yeah, everyone. I don't. Said... I don't know, but I think he should do the Oscars as well. <laughs> Anything that they, 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 it's like we don't want a comedian. We have we looked at his tweets though? If you checked his old tweets, that'd be awesome. If, if your play gets continued success, you're going to be next up. <laughs> Great. Let's get, let's get him on the pod. You Actually, you would be amazing. You know, right. White House correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably because I, I, I pretty much no one there would agree with me. That's that would be good. That'd be awesome. You're the alt middle. Uh... The alt middle. Yeah. <laughs> Kaplan and I could write your speech. <laughs> you, can help, you can hire us. Well, I, I uh, do you know you, you guys know Gary Greenberg at all? He does he does some of the stuff for the Emmys and because he he writes for uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And okay. His, every once in a while he'll he'll call me and ask if this if if this uh, <laughs> joke plays among libertarians and I'm like, who cares? That's like two of us. <laughs> <laughs> If the joke plays but on we don't even, you're in trouble. Yeah, we don't yeah. even show up in the Nielsen rating. What do you care? So, but he's a nice guy, and he likes to get things right. Oh, that's so. good. You can make libertarian humor. Speaking of jokes, I want to know, <laughs> the first five to ten minutes or so of the play, Yes, are there good jokes? Is it because I missed it? I was stuck in traffic. I want to know what Kaplan I missed. Pulled a cap oh, I should throw this microphone he's late down. To everything. It was, yeah. it was actually the pod's fault, but yeah, I was late, a little bit late, and then they stuck. They wouldn't let us in. They made us sit. So I was, I was like watching on the screen. What part did you come in? And like I couldn't hear it because the people were laughing. So what it seemed like oh, it was that's funny. Good. That's what I really should have said. I should have let with that. Because people were laughing too Open hard. with that next time. I couldn't have heard what they were saying. And I was like, I'm missing good stuff. I was getting all angry. I was giving them the evil eye. Let me in, ushers. Don't you know who I am? Don't you but, know who I am? Uh, so I that think always it's plays just that well introduction when he's getting. Don't get, you know who I am? Yeah, it's when he's How getting. How did they know who he, you were? I don't. I was wearing a shirt that said "Host of the Lost in America Podcast" <laughs> here to review the play. Um, and no, it was the part where he's getting the assignment originally. The, the, oh, see, it's the first. You missed the first scene. Yeah, I missed the first scene, basically. So yeah, it is kind of important. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back. Well, you get to learn a little bit that he's a bit of a weirdo, and that's a bit, and that's yeah, kind I, of it. I, and you also know that she expects some wavering from the truth, and uh, uh, but right. you don't realize how the rest of the play would have seemed slightly less funny just without that setup. That's it. There's premise. Uh, I'm going back. I'm going to see it again. Go right, see good. it again. Yes. Yeah. I'm coming. You should. You should. If, if I can get a ticket. I don't know. We'll see That's if I can get one. It's hard to do. I'll sell it to you on the street. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to sell it to you for more now. Yeah. <laughs> so, more questions. Yes. This play, um, it seems like a play that you don't have to be from anywhere 
to like the play, meaning it's not specific to uh, identity. No, I mean like I mean like country. Like my question is, and going back yeah. to this podcast, can this play be? I feel like yes. this play could be taken to any country in the world. We've already had a number of international uh, requests. Great. Uh, you know, there's we hopefully have some good uh, news about a Spanish uh, translation soon. Uh, wow. We've had a couple people from uh, uh, lots of other countries that I'm not allowed to talk about yet, and I keep wanting to. Yeah. But they're would they find yes. like a story, like a specific local story that I don't think you would have to, or just go with that. Yeah. They would just translate it yeah. into it would take place in Vegas. Oh, and okay. You don't have to know anything. It, yeah. It's like I was watching from that perspective. I'm like, you could it, this exact play without changing a word. You could do in most countries. I mean, probably any country around the world. That, well, but, yeah. I mean, it's about humanity. It's not about like where it is or where. The facts are like Vegas, 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 but it's not about that. It's not about, and if you don't know, if you've never been to Vegas, it's not going to be less good of a play. Exactly. I mean, a country without a free press, it might seem a little. All you have to know is they have strip clubs in Vegas. (laughs) Everyone knows that in the world. That's That's a good point. If you go someplace with, there's never free, you know. But then it's like the government official is the character. Truth is what Pravda says is truth. (laughs) It's simple. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it might actually be hard to put on in China because of that. They might think it's like a a dig on them or something, but I don't know. Maybe not. I don't, yeah, that's the thing is they get, they get personal. So I know they're, they get, they think everything's personal. about them. It's about, right. Well, <laughs> they have a right. Narciss- There's like two billion of them. That's... So you might, so this will like, so that was my other question. After a 1. play 3 runs billion, on Broadway. 1.3 That's what the fact checker here says. 1.4. Isn't that it? In For, China? How many no people? way. It's two billion? Way more now. 1.5, I would say. Uh, okay. Our map's old. We have an interactive map at home. And are you, are like you counting Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Singapore? We count on this podcast. And undocumented. Taiwan. Undocumented workers who are Chinese. Right. Or undocumented births, of which there are plenty because of the one child rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. You know what I learned from Turner last week off air? What? Did you know this? I, maybe. If you can have, you can <laughs> get around, the, you could have got around the one tri- the one kid rule. There was a loophole. Uh, be powerful? Have twins. Have twins. Oh, is that a way around? I asked him. I said, Wait, both you, of what, those would be okay. <laughs> Either <laughs> answer is acceptable. <laughs> I was like, do you have to choose one in the womb? Like, no, how no, does no, no. Twins. twins. Get, you can twins. have twins. It's uh, a loophole. So were they could, okay with uh, fraternal or like, would yeah. it be like, no, it didn't have to be identical. Didn't have to be identical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really they figured this isn't your fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think everyone. So that was like wildly anyway. lucky. No. You're, if you have twins, you're seen as the luckiest person on earth. Wow. So do they, can people take those drugs that are more likely to give you twins? Yeah, you I, want, I would so. assume those, those are illegal, but yeah. I also am pretty sure people did do that. Yeah, but also it helps you get pregnant. I can't say for sure. If you're trying to fight population growth, fertility pills are probably not probably not on your side. There. Yes, yeah. they're probably not black market fertility pills. That's a, yeah, that's a business. Back alley for chili pills. Isn't that like powdered ram's horn and things like that that you can, like things that like bears, bear like gall. Gives you a boner? Yeah, they claim that it gives <laughs> yeah. you a boner. Powdered It probably just yeah. gives you cancer. It's all that kind of stuff. I, I thought you were saying use the ram. I don't know what you're No, but about. I mean, there's all these uh, fertility, uh, there's all these fertility treatments in China that are causing. Oh, like Chinese medicine ones. Uh, right. Yes. So those that, are allowed, I think. Well, these are the ones that don't work that also oh. are killing uh, uh, that are killing endangered species like tiger something. There's yes, tiger. Bone, and not only not bring us people, they're killing endangered species. That's well, you uh, have to kill the tiger to oh, get their uh, to get more bones, Chinese to get their, people to get to get a boner <laughs> to kill more tigers to keep I, the boner. It's not a single. Oh God, it's a never-ending situation. <laughs> you get a boner from killing the tiger, and That's then why they, they had to relax the whole policy. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's just easier. Yeah, too many tigers killed. Otherwise. This is the next play. <laughs> this is the next play. So yeah, but anyways, yes, we've had a number of lifespan foreign... of a tiger. So you have a ram's horn. Twenty-six years. Very short play. Sorry, I didn't cut you off. So anyway, no, we've had a number of we've had a number of inquiries. 
days and uh, there's going to be a number of uh, productions. Who knows? We'll, we'll see how it goes. It's, so this could go all around America. This could go around the world. So basically, you're on easy street now. Yes, this is... All around the world. I knew that we were doing pretty well when our agents started referring to the play, not as a script, but as an annuity. So Whoa. Yeah, baby. That <laughs> annuity. Thank you, Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So you're working on more. Do they want more plays? Is that? No one has said they want anything else yet. What about a movie? <laughs> it's coming. Movie version? I don't think there's going to be a movie version just because I don't think it's that kind of script. It is it is a play. You see it, you go, that's a play. That was a play. If I see it on television, I could break something. It's, yeah. it's, it wouldn't be right. It has to be more action-oriented. Action-oriented. Like <laughs> Jim <Okay>. Fingal. <laughs> Start brawl. Yeah. There's, a, there's no love interest. There is no love interest. They have to have both yeah. been exes with that editor in the in the movie version. Yeah. Where's Zoe Deschanel in this? <laughs> we everyone. That's yeah. this. It is so on Hollywood. You know. Yeah. There is no. There's no. There's not even much closure in the play. But there's no. Uh, but there's no love alert. interest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you want to go, <laughs> you want to know what happens. You're going to see the wrong play. Um, but it's yeah. No. No love interest. It's just based on the the moral problems and the dilemma and uh i so i can't see i can't see netflix breaking down our door for this kind of thing it's one of those things that you watch it and then you're talking about for the next few days with the person you saw it with that's what we want that's one of the reasons we also didn't want a uh an intermission is because we wanted people to go out and have a drink afterwards and yeah chat about it oh, you know? I, I didn't have a drink I, I failed. I failed everything. I was late. I didn't have a drink. You showed up late. You left early. <laughs> did. You, didn't, you didn't have the required dosage of alcohol. I was just very nervous about going in, about having to pee. So I was oh, I was more focused on going to the bathroom at the restaurant before we left, and we couldn't get a cab. It was, it was my fault. The intermission really screwed everything up. We got cocktails. <laughs> we got drinks. The third got- preview, some woman gets up in the middle of the show, <laughs> angry, and stumbles off and we thought and she's like in like house seats and we think oh god did someone have a you know someone yeah someone have a a suicide in the family or something and they're are they pissed off and who knows what anybody's gonna get pissed off about today they'll get pissed off about anything right and then she just slams open the door to the lobby and just vomits in the lobby <laughs> so I was like, all right and that's like to say house seats are where you know that's what we were saying those are the important people so 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 but that means she was connected Thank to you. somebody in the show or she's f- some connected to somebody important. Or right, and she's vomiting in the hallway. She right. So oh. to whoever you are, yeah. whoever paid for your escort fees, uh, I'm really upset that they you should didn't. have stand-in audience members who are ready to take right. the seat filler. Do people heckle at at Broadway plays, or is that just comedy shows? You know, some people do occasionally. There are people who will say things that are they don't realize they're in an audience. Mm. I yes. don't know if it's because they've had a couple to drink, or you know, there's a there's a there's a bit of a moment where people think that what they think they know may not be true and someone will occasionally say oh my god he's an asshole and they'll just say it and everyone will laugh around they forget where they are they forget where they are yeah Yeah, yeah. or they um in comedy sometimes they think they forget you're not talking to them directly you're talking to like the whole audience and they'll respond to what you're saying the john lennon problem like your words were speaking right to me oh yes exactly (laughs) you go see frozen People in the audience are talking. Ruby's belting her, singing along, and just. Unfortunately, we went to see King Kong, and we were talking throughout that. And there was, did you see Frozen? We haven't seen Frozen. We haven't seen Frozen. It got pitch silent at one point, and Teddy just looked up and he goes, "Anna's a poopy head." And I was like, "Oh my god, we gotta get this kid out of here!" Don't take Teddy to see. Yeah, he's heckled Turner. He's heckled Anna. Nice. Yeah. Turner, we got a little lost. Speaking of talking to the audience, he he. 
he got hit with the, uh, we both got hit with the, where they come after. There's a certain time of year in Broadway where they ask you for money. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the, the Red Bucket Follies. What, can we find out when that is so we don't go to see plays during that? Because <laughs> neither of Turner or I want to get asked for money. For more money after you've more done money. And it's, it's, I just paid 150 and, bucks for these tickets. And as someone who gets really invested in a play, I don't want to see the actor break character right afterwards and act like a person and <laughs> don't. start auctioning off things don't, to me. Stop that bowing. Stop that bowing. Yeah, the I, character wouldn't bow. Yeah, the it character. Uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> it's Harry Potter. I mean, it's... I'm glad you brought up Red Bucket Follies. That's the annual uh, campaign of equity, uh, uh, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. And it's a, a matter, good cause, I'm sure. <laughs> it's a very good cause, especially now, as that we have AIDS in our sites and we're able to, uh, you know, help. You know, we're able to help with uh, you know, protease inhibitors, and people need these expensive drugs. But lifespan of a fact made the most of every straight play. <laughs> no well, thanks, no thanks, no thanks to you <laughs> or me. I think Randy actually gave him five dollars, so well, we, might yeah. have, we might have contributed something. Because Dan and uh, and Bobby and and Cherry come out and they auction stuff from the set. Yeah, and, oh, no, really? and it's great because he signed. I mean, obviously, his you know people want the the Harry Potter signature, and it weren't man. We and I, but I said to them, "Where's the Carrick one? Where's, Where, the, where's the poster with you?" I would have Carrick was out there. I would have. I would have gotten <laughs> that. I'll sign whatever you want. Yeah. So if I would have, I should have signed one so then I could bring it over. Have you sign it right now? But. Yeah, well, I care. I apparently don't care enough about stopping AIDS. <laughs> That's the headline here. All right. Well, we got a few weeks left of the show. Yep. Uh, go see it. Lifespanofafact.com. Yes, that is correct. correct. Get yes. your tickets. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, you really fun. We, the, we loved it. You want to news? Around? I love I mean, news. This guy, yeah, this guy, news. We can't do the news without us. That's why we brought you on. <laughs> I know from news. It's all to get to the news. Play the music. Play the music. news story of the week, Captain. This comes to us from Fox News. Oh, Fox News. But it's also from all over the internet. Yes. The Nebraska elementary school principal bans candy canes saying J-Shape <laughs> stands for Jesus. This is it's a, a cane. <laughs> it says so in the name. It says cane right there. But isn't it more like an R-shaped? Isn't it upside? Wait, which way does a candy cane go? Is well, it J-shaped? It's not a J-shape. It's a cane shape. <laughs> it's a cane. Yeah. It, it says cane right there. I look at it. I thought it stands for Jew. So <laughs> If it was Jesus, it would be a cross. Yeah. Would no. it not? Okay, you, so let's can, get it. can you have candy crosses? That's kind of weird. That's Easter, isn't it? Well, if you really wanted to hit the... Nail on the <laughs> <laughs> Hit the nail on the arm. <laughs> she says, here we go. The candy canes were prohibited because principal Jennifer Sinclair deemed them to have religious significance. She says, historically, the J shape is for Jesus. The red is for the blood of Christ. And the white is a symbol of his resurrection. And then really? she goes on to say, is this, this is like the smuggest uh, uh, like left wing. This is a classic smug left wing. She goes, I feel uncomfortable that I have to get this specific. But for everyone's comfort, I will. That doesn't make any sense. Who's I'm uncomfortable. Comfort? She's like, I, I feel bad that ruin, I know more than all of right, you. I'm going to ruin candy canes for you. But, Let's, but, I mean, not to be, not to tell her her own religion, but Jesus was not spelled with a J. <laughs> it was spelled with an I. Right. Great point. Right. It's not in English. It's in Greek. It's not, <laughs> it wasn't a J. 
Were they at the at the Last Supper? Did you pass out candy canes? No, they didn't. Just... Oh, they're kosher for Passover. As long as there was no corn syrup in them. Oh, right, exactly. Well, that, but it's not Passover. It doesn't matter. Kaplan, I know how we saw this because Kaplan's son Teddy is six years old, yeah. and he's definitely afraid of all things Christian. He hates Christmas you, you trees. You are training this child well. He I've, hates Christmas. I've got him. I've got, I've, I talked to him this last week. I've dialed it up a little too much. He told his friend this week, his best friend who's Christian, he told him he hates Christians and he hates oh, Greeks. Oh, no. If he hates Greeks. Yeah, because of Hanukkah. Because oh. the Hanukkah story, he's like, we killed them. Yeah, but actually, they were also fighting against Hellenized Jews, too. So... Well, he just they, us kind of Jews don't bot. go come along too well. Teddy's right. been radicalized. Teddy's very radicalized. <laughs> he's, he's a new Maccabee. <laughs> he's a real Maccabee. So here's my point. Yeah. Here, the way we want to test if if, if uh, this uh, candy cane thing is for real, get Teddy a candy cane. If he freaks out and throws it away, then it is Jesus. If not, then it's it's then it just means Jew. He's yeah. a problem. <laughs> that is a good test because he does love candy, but he's death. As I could said, you, could you put it like on your on your on your jacket? Uh, like instead of a yellow the, star, the yellow star. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would be. Uh, but that's it, it. Does raise the question about the line? Because like, what is like like? Because with my kids, I don't even know what's Christmas music. Like, it's Jingle Balls, Christmas music, Jingle. But like, it's like Jingle. No, it's a win- it's a winter song. It's a winter, it's a winter song. song. Yeah, right. So that's the thing. Like, you know I, what's a really good the, Christmas song is White Christmas by the Jew Irving Berlin. That's a great one. Sure. So you can eat a candy cane, sing that song, and it's not a kid doing Christmas. I don't what know. I've I've grown up in in a Christian religion my entire life. I've never heard of this. The red meaning the blood. That is absolutely the most ridiculous thing well, I've ever. Was heard. in the Talmud. No, it's <laughs> in the Talmud. I don't know. She's also banned other decorations, including Santa, Christmas trees, reindeer, and any uh, any green or red colored item. What What's the green? Is that for Santa's Martian blood? I guess she's decided that's Christmas. Why is yeah. green bad? Green and red. Green and red. I mean, but, I, oh, so but the not color any, scheme green and red. You can't have anything green and can't red. Can't have anything green and red. She said. She's also been fired. So yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I would. I have a question for you since we're talking about Santa. Is that I don't know if this is how the kids are doing it these days, but Ruby, she, my my daughter's a little more into Christmas, right? So she wants to do Christmas and Hanukkah because get more presents, right? Sure. So she goes. I heard her the other day. She was talking playing with her Barbies and they're playing Christmas, and she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna text Santa my list." <laughs> she picked this up somewhere at school or something. You text Santa's on on a phone now. Oh is that, my you don't have to write. You can't even yeah, you write, don't a have list. To write a letter. Yeah, you don't have to write a letter anymore. Is it twenty first century Santa? It's falling apart for you guys. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I, I knew like, pretty fast. Like I grew up. My father's my father's not Jewish. He's uh, uh, he's Armenian, but sort of grew up in the Church of Christ in uh, in uh, downstate Illinois. Downstate. Uh, yeah, downstate Illinois. You know, you know, I don't know that means, but... <laughs> It's like we, we would call upstate. Okay, not Chicago. Right. Um, so anyways, they, but so I grew up with both traditions in my household too. And my birthday is December 1st. And I realized pretty quick, I Happy just got birthday. sick of presents really fast. Wow. I was like, I, this is a pain in the ass for you. And I was like nine. I didn't want to. You were getting Hanukkah and, and Christmas presents? Hanukkah, Christmas and Bur- birthday. Yeah, that's a lot. If a I have kids, are going to have to get, I guess we're going to have Hanukkah because we're in New York City. Then Christmas and then Chinese. You know your kids' Hanukkah gifts? Being in New York City, they need to shoot them with some fireworks. <laughs> Chinese New Year. I mean, because Hanukkah was early this year, and I, my kids are already complaining that's over. And Ruby's like, "I wish we had more gifts for Christmas." Like, and I'm like, "But you just had. You just had Hanukkah. Eight day, yeah, <laughs> keep it moving. That's Next. what you should do after the after the uh, after after they get all their presents. You should blow them all up for Chinese New Year. <laughs> blow them all up and give them a candy cane. <laughs> that's, that's a great idea for Jesus's blood. <laughs> exactly. Next news story. CNN, we're sticking with CNN. Instead of apple juice, children at a Hawaii preschool were served pine saw by mistake. <laughs> According to a Hawaii department. Uh, Did they not notice the piney scent? 
Well, let me say. Yes. Uh, the reason why I'm this reading is a this personal story, story is because this exact thing has happened to me before, but with mouthwash. When I was living in China and I couldn't read Chinese, I was at a 7-Eleven at like midnight or whatever. Uh, 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 and it said in Chinese, please don't drink this. It's Pine Sol, not mouthwash. <laughs> they had the mouthwash right next to the Pine Sol by, made by the same company. Oh, no. Same company that makes, it was blue mouthwash and then that yellowish Pine Sol, which also is mouthwash <laughs> like, in America. Or, or Listerine color. Listerine color. So I get- took the yellow one. And then I went to sleep. I had to get up early the next morning without putting my contacts in. I threw it in my mouth. I swished it around, and I, my mouth started burning. <laughs> I spit it out. But I just had, look at that shine. How was your breath? I had no taste buds for a week. Did I'm you, not kidding. Wait, you. so you were, you were walking around with it? Did you not smell it? You're nothing? Like I woke up. I opened the bottle. I put it in my mouth without smelling. I swished it around like you would you mouthwash. You, you've missed a key safety procedure. Are you, are you Looking? Yeah, looking, smelling. Don't just open bottles and put them in your mouth. So I did that. I spit it out. I was like, that tastes weird. I turned the bottle around and it had a picture. It was all Chinese with a picture of the lady mopping. (laughs) And I was like, oh no. And then my mouth started burning. I went straight to the doctor and they all started laughing at me. I took the bottle. Oh, Americans do this all the time. Yeah, and then they're like, you'll be fine. And then they just told me to go home and I had no taste buds for a week. (laughs) So Um, you couldn't tell other poisons that were coming into you. Exactly. And after like four days or five days of no taste buds, you really start to think they're never coming back. Yeah, I mean, you really, it really Especially gets scary. Because everything... it's like day eight, you can start to taste. Did you go to a doctor? I did. I went straight to the emergency. But, room. I mean, what did they say? Did they, your, they literally laughed at me. Did your oh, sense of smell go laughed. away too? Did you experience anosmia? I don't think so. I don't remember. But it was by like day seven, I could if I put on a ton of hot sauce, I could taste a little bit. And this is when you reach the point where you're like, I wish I lived in America because if you did that here, you could sue. Oh, someone, exactly. 7-Eleven, someone. I, mean, I like I how mean, you're like, if I if I put on a ton of bleach, I can taste it. Oh, yeah, it wasn't healthy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. I could sue. I'd be, on, I'd be with Carrick on I mean, Easy I'm a, Street. I'm the father of a preschooler, and I, 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 I'm thankful I'm the father of a daughter. As the father of a daughter, I'm thankful she doesn't like, she. oh, she does like apple juice. Shit. I hope, I'm going to make a note to the school. I don't want them serving apple juice at snack time. Too risky. Milk. Apple juice is not, well, then they're just going to get white paint. Oh, white paint. So what? what's a safe thing that could be a mistake? Chocolate milk? Is water. That, can, it, well, water. that could be bleach, could be vodka. Could be vodka. Oh, <laughs> Anything could be something else. Just smell what you're going to drink or at least have two people check it. I'm Should guessing. that be in like first day of teaching school? Or like, don't serve the kids pine salt. Yeah, sure. I have no sense of smell, so I'd be. There's another reason I can't be a preschool teacher. There's a long <laughs> list of reasons. I have a friend of mine who was a boxer <laughs> and he's got his. Camp including your criminal record. Including <laughs> the fact that you're on this. That list was expunged here. from the record, that, that thing you're talking about. <laughs> including so, you have to go door to door to move to a new neighborhood. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give up pine salt for Halloween next year. I'm here to tell you, I, I just can't smell. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing on this story, this person got fired, which I'm, I don't agree with. Because well, who was it? Who only did it? slightly it was, poisoning the preschoolers. It was a classroom it was a mistake. That's yeah, a mistake you don't get back. Well, this is a classroom assistant, so that's the key. That's like not a. They're not tenured. Oh it's yeah. Like if the teacher did it, there's no way they're getting fired for that. I it mean, goes to show you the real value an education degree can hold. <laughs> so, Last go. news story of the week from the Washington Post. You guys, congratulations to both of you. We have one more Jewish person in Congress. Yes. Who? Alexandria Ocasio Cortez reviews her Jewish ancestry at a Hanukkah She's celebration. She's walked this back since. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad she, she did. Yeah, she did. She uh, she said, well, we're from Puerto Rico and we were made up of a lot of people who are, uh, you know, and I realized that DNA is not culture. And I'm considering- oh, you know, But that's why she's walking it back because she got Elizabeth Warren on this. 
Oh yeah, well, totally. Because it's just not like it's, it's offensive. Pocahontas. Which was, I was going to do that. Jewish, I was going to do that when I saw this news story. I was going to do that as a joke Foses? stick. What? Foses? Foses. We got to start calling her Foses. <laughs> no, what's like? Yeah, <laughs> there hasn't been a Disney um, Jew. So there, no, there is literally hasn't been <laughs> the one. Fosen. So you have nobody to go to. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was going to do that as a shtick. I didn't realize that's actually what happened to her. What? That yeah, people yeah, are she, offended. Probably that people were offended. Yes, offended. Yeah. Well, because also the, the, the stupid crap she said about Israel. Yeah, she, well, I you know, don't like we, that she did this at Hanukkah. You know, it's like she's trying to cash in on some presents or something. She's. I just get. I get this horrible feeling that she's just a garden variety narcissist, and everything has to be about her. Ding 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 <laughs> ding ding ding. ding. No, we were talking about. Uh, yeah. She's on Twitter more than Trump. Exactly. It's just not. And well, she's every time I say, I don't even follow her, but every comedian, every idiot comedian in New York retweets her all the time. They all love her. Oh, they love her. And I'm so sure. I, she's in my feed on Twitter all the time. And every time I see it, it's never just like, hey, vote on this. Hey, go support this congressman or whatever. It's like nothing has ever been more important than this moment that we are at right her, now. Wait, no, it's, it's like, always yeah. narcissist. about her dress code, I, I making her wear this. And, I didn't no, it's come like, to Congress to be nice. I'm like, well, no, you haven't come to Congress yet. That's, <laughs> that's the first of the year. And secondly, the people you're being asked to be nice to are people who are in your own party. So... She's flipping right. out well, no, about everything. You have a good point with the narcissism thing because it's like there's a thing, there's an article about Paul Ryan and she's like immediately makes it about her while she was treated differently. Or there's a thing where some person innocently thought, because, you know, it's an accomplishment. She's 28 or whatever. And I she, mean, or granted, 27. if you're running for Congress, you are probably a narcissist. Right. But yes. in the fact that they thought she was an intern, that's like a compliment that she looks like she I could be great. an intern and she should have exactly. got elected. Like, she's young. Good for you. That's like this whole thing. Yeah. You're too attractive to be one of these so, idiots. But, but I do want to say this. <laughs> She may have listened to the pod or someone sent her a thing. Ooh. She might be coming from Shout the out. middle because that Julia Salazar, she's pulling oh, the Julia Salazar. The she's Salazar. pretending to be Jewish. We're big narcissists. Oh, yeah, we so are. she might, we might have to Well, she's her. now, she's going to be my uh, my representative. Oh, you vote, who, Salazar? I didn't vote for it, no. Oh, uh, OOC? Uh, 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 I don't even think I voted in that election, no. Well, that's no one did, that's why she won. That's, that's why she won. <laughs> was no. there a libertarian running against her? I don't. No, there wasn't, there wasn't. Joe Donnelly, no libertarian. I, I, but I think it was Joe, Joe Crowley. Oh, Joe Crowley, it was As the too. working family party. But, I mean, the whole reason... The whole reason she won is because he never bothered to show up. He lives in Maryland. He, right. he, comes, to he used to come back once a year to ask for money. He doesn't even do that anymore. So well, that's why she won. It's that's, a new day. That's, that's the lesson. Did yeah. we, we did the election recap already. Was there any any libertarian candidates, though? Yeah, the, the county well? supervisor of the Riverside County won. The actual libertarian party member that, you know, there's a few and a few did well. And uh, Should I vote for that Larry Sharp guy? Uh, I saw him in a cool car, and I I, I meant to vote for him because of it. I voted for him. He's a he's from Queens. Uh, yeah, it must have been him. I saw his car. Wait, who was he? And what I, did he do? And I didn't vote for him. I, I should have voted for him. He's running for governor. So he just drove by you? They don't have to try very hard to get your vote. <laughs> he had an awesome car. It was an Look awesome at that car. car. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to vote for that guy. And then I forgot about it. I did. Like, I voted for him. You know, what? do I think he would have made a great governor? Yeah, maybe. But the whole point was to get the Libertarian Party on the ballot by getting over 50,000 votes in this state, we are now on the ballot. Oh, just nice. the same as even without my vote, you made it to fifty thousand. Yes, sorry, you stand down, yeah. Cap. I voted for Libertarian for like I went through the ballot and it was like I voted for um when there's nobody running, when it's unopposed, I just don't vote. I am not a dictator. I won't vote for you if you have no one running against you. <laughs> and well, then you we, could re register for the Democratic Party and vote in the primary. I tried that. I tried that and when I showed up, they said I wasn't registered. 
He showed I up voted late. Absence. <laughs> I showed up. <laughs> What's this play going on? My wife and I both. What, what did I miss? <laughs> I signed an affidavit and then they rejected it. They rejected it. And, and the, the same thing happened to Randy. We both were voting for different people, though, so it would have been all. So it evened out. But uh, so then I do that where I only vote for the party if there's someone running against them. Right. And then I would vote in Libertarian. Otherwise, I'm voting based on last names because I don't know. Like, I'm like, well, is that usually, sound maybe I, Jewish? I don't know. See, I didn't know if AOC. That, she's trying to win my vote this way because, like, I'm Jewish. Not, I'm, she's, she's not running to be your gastroenterologist. Newest <laughs> Jew. Hey, he sounds I okay. Mean, I know the Democrats are winning everything in New York, so it's it's more of a. I mean, yeah, having we, fun of the ballot. We run the gamut from center far left to far far left. Right. So and a few libertarians. I have voted for Democrats. I voted for Republicans. I don't think I voted for Republican this time. I think they deserved no votes this time, but. Uh, but I voted for libertarians, Democrats. But this brings up a know. good point. Are you the number one libertarian playwright in the world? No, no, it's got to be the uh, it's got to be the South Park guys. Number oh, two, number two, three. But you, but Turner's taking shots at them. He's put. He's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're better than them. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're number one on this pod. Well, all right. We'll we'll, we'll set up a you know an we arm get, wrestling thing, and if maybe we can get the South Park guys. They can come on this podcast. They, they should come throw on. this up. Yeah, have them yeah. on. Come on. Randy Lee, book them already. <laughs> what are you for? I think they prefer not to be called the South Park guys, but you know they're Tra- stuck with it. Deal Trey with Parker. it. You want this platform? <laughs> deal with it. Come on, we'll introduce you by the name. That's the podcast, Jeremy. Thanks for doing it. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yes, it's fun. Man. Let me stay for news. Come back anytime. And the seat, the news seat, is always a welcome to you. Always anytime you warm. want to come in, just walk in. <laughs> I'll be just part of the panel. We'll leave a seat here for you. Cap, what should we do? Let's get lost. Broadway, take a little time.